Welcome to the Altruistic Libertarian, advocate for a genuinely free society. I'm Anthony Wheeler, and today we continue our series on pervasive intervention. Understanding the nature of the business cycle and its causes is critical to maintaining continuous growth and prosperity while minimizing economic disruption. Unfortunately, few people seem to understand it based on how they respond to massive budget deficits. This includes those in Congress, the ones responsible for managing the nation's finances. And for those lawmakers who do understand the dangers and economic implications of continuous deficit spending, political expediency apparently overrules the pursuit of sound economic policy. With that in mind, the following lays out the principal structure of business cycles and the relationship between credit expansion, increasing the money supply, the impact on prices, industry, and employment. One of the core consequences of inflation, as noted above, is the advent of capital consumption. Von Mises provide, provides further description and implication of the phenomenon, and I quote, It would be a serious blunder to neglect the fact that inflation also generates forces which tend towards capital consumption. One of its consequences is that it falsifies economic calculation and accounting. It produces a phenomenon of illusory or apparent profits. If the annual depreciation quotas are determined in such a way as not to pay full regard to the fact that the replacement of worn out equipment will require higher costs than the amount in which it was purchased in the past, they are obviously insufficient. If in selling inventories and products the whole difference between the price spent for their acquisition and the price realized in the sale is entered in the books as a surplus, the error is the same. If the rise in the prices of stocks and real estate is considered as a gain, the illusion is no less manifest. What makes people believe that inflation results in general prosperity is precisely such illusory gains. They feel lucky and become open-handed in spending and enjoying life. They embellish their homes, they build new mansions, and patronize the entertainment business. In spending apparent gains, the fanciful result of false reckoning, they are consuming capital. It does not matter who these spenders are. They may be businessmen or stock jobbers. They may be wage earners who demand for higher pay is satisfied by easygoing employers who think that they are getting richer from day to day. They may be people supported by taxes, which usually absorb a great part of the apparent gains. Unquote. The credit expansion creates additional demand. The additional demand, quote, on the part of the expanding entrepreneurs tends to raise the prices of producers' goods and wage rates. With the rise in wage rates, the prices of consumer goods rise too. Unquote. The public perceives the apparent economic growth as part of the new economic boom and behaves accordingly. More spending on new houses, cars, and vacations. But the end of the boom comes when the credit expansion, as it must ultimately do, ends. Quote, the boom ends because the forces which brought it about are no longer in operation. The additional quantity of circulation credit has exhausted its operation upon prices and wage rates. Unquote. Normal and sustainable economic growth is based on the availability of capital resources. Such capital resources de derive from saving, that is, the postponement of immediate consumption by individuals. When capital resources are derived from credit expansion, 
the economic growth is apparent, not real. Quote, on the eve of the credit expansion, all those production processes were in operation which, under the given state of the market data, were deemed profitable. A further expansion of production is possible only if the amount of capital goods is increased by additional saving, i.e. by surpluses produced and not consumed. The characteristic mark of the credit expansion boom is that such additional capital goods have not been made available. The capital goods the capital goods required for the expansion of business activities must, must be withdrawn from other lines of production." Unquote. Capital resources based on credit expansion encourages investment in the wrong projects, given the misinformation provided by the expanding money supply and its unpredictable and unknown effect on prices. Quote, it is customary to describe the boom as overinvestment. However, additional investment is only possible to the extent that there are, is an additional supply of capital goods available. As, apart from forced savings, the boom itself does not result in a restriction, but rather in an increase in consumption, it does not produce more capital goods for new investment. The essence of the credit expansion boom is not overinvestment, but investment in wrong lines, i.e. malinvestment, unquote. Many people, including politicians, have often looked to the banks to increase capital resources or to the monetary system or some extra fiduciary source. But only genuine savings, that is, the creation of economic value that is not immediately consumed, can properly serve to, to base sound financial investment. When the credit expansion booms runs its course and additional credit expansion comes to an end, so must the apparent boom. Quote, However conditions may be, it is certain that no manipulations of the banks can provide the economic system with capital goods. What is needed for a sound expansion of production is additional capital goods, not money or fiduciary media. The credit expansion boom is built on the sands of banknotes and deposits. It must collapse." Unquote. When the collapse of the boom, otherwise known as the recession or depression, comes the inevitable adjustment. Quote, as soon as the afflux of additional fiduciary material comes to an end, the airy castle of the boom collapses. The entrepreneurs must restrict their activities because they lack the funds for the continuation on the exaggerated scale. Prices drop suddenly because the, these distressed firms try to obtain cash by throwing inventories on the market dirt cheap. Factories are closed, the continuation of construction projects in progress is halted. Workers are discharged." Unquote. During the recession slash depression, there is nothing the government can do to speed the recovery, as the economy, wages, prices, production, distribution, must all respond to the new conditions. Quote, Therefore, the only means to shorten the period of bad business is to avoid any attempts to delay or to check the fallen prices and wage rates. Unquote. Once the credit expansion runs its course, the economy and everyone operating in it attempts to put things back on track. Quote, it must realize that the depression is in fact the process of readjustment, of putting production activities anew in agreement with the given state of the market data. The available supply of factors of production, the valuations of the consumers, and particularly also the state of ordinary interest as manifested in the public's valuations." Unquote. In general, the consumers are no better off having lived through the entire cycle from boom to recession. Quote, 
If one looks at this outcome from the point of view of the consumers, the result is, of course, the same. The consumers would be better off if the illusions created by the easy money policy had not enticed the entrepreneurs to waste scarce capital resources by investing them for the satisfaction of less urgent needs and thereby withholding them from the lines of production in which they would have satisfied more urgent needs." Unquote. The entire economy would be better off, that is, would have created more wealth, everything else being equal, had the credit expansion never taken place. Quote, what Catalytics has in mind when asserting that impoverishment is an unavoidable outgrowth of credit expansion is impoverishment as compared with the state of affairs which would have developed in the absence of credit expansion and the boom." Unquote. One of the principal reasons for the public confusion on the causes and impacts of deficit spending and its relationship to business cycles is the long history of attempting to identify ulterior causes to the cycles. For instance, Joseph Schumpeter, a fellow Austrian economist, believed that techno technological revolutions drive the cycle. Other economists have derived various short and long wave cycles, most of them historical and non-predictive. But von Mises is crystal clear, and I quote, Statisticians have tried to investigate long waves of business fluctuations and with statistical methods. Such attempts are futile. The history of modern capitalism is a record of steady economic progress, again and again interrupted by feverish booms and in their aftermath, depressions." Unquote. Given the ambiguity of cause and effect and the countless additional factors at play, it's not surprising that the public remains confused on the subject. Unfortunately, the confused public calls for more of the same. Quote, the boom produces impoverishment. The individual is always ready to ascribe his good luck to his own efficiency and to take it as a well-deserved reward for his talent, application, and probity. But reverses of fortune he always charges to other people, and most of all to, to the absurdity of social and political institutions. He does not blame the authorities for having fostered the boom, he reviles them for the inevitable collapse. In the, in the opinion of the public, more inflation and more credit expansion are the only remedy against the evils which inflation and credit expansion have brought about." Unquote. The reality of economic boom-bust is unavoidable should the same credit expansion policies be applied. There is no escaping the consequences. Quote, wage rates must drop, People must restrict their consumptions temporarily until the capital wasted by malinvestment is restored. Those who dislike these hardships of the readjustment period must abstain in time from credit expansion." Unquote. When sound monetary policies are realized, and the government spends no more than it receives in taxes, and the money supply is maintained in a reasonable manner, economic growth will be continuous and uninterrupted. In the normal course of economic evolution, some industries will grow, while others will fade. Within an industry, some companies will succeed, others will fail. But on balance, the, account, the economy will grow, new wealth will be created, and additional capital resources will be made available for future growth and expansion. Outside of wars or natural catastrophe, recessions and or depressions will simply not occur. Under such beneficial circumstances, quote, some sectors of business will be distressed while others thrive no general depression of trade can emerge." Unquote. That concludes our show for today. We will continue our discussion of interve intervention next time, and until then, peace. <laughs>